Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we talk with some coaches. We're going to start with Janelle Forkhand, who is a hockey coach here in Winnipeg and has been recognized by Hockey Canada as their National Female Coach of the Year for Community Hockey. And we'll also talk with Rob Gale, head coach and GM of Valor FC. We're just about two weeks away from the start of their season. And also, he's a big England fan, so how are they going to do in Euros? Well, we'll talk to him about that on the podcast. I got an email today from Hockey Canada saying that uh, Hockey Canada was announcing the female coaches of the year. And I always scroll the, the, a lot of the things I get in my inbox, if there are national awards, I, I scroll to see if there's anyone local on the list. And to my great delight, there was the female coach of the year for the national community category is Janelle Forkhand of right here in Winnipeg. And guess what? She's on the line with us, and uh, she joins the CGOB Sports Show. Janelle, good evening, and congratulations on this honor. Hello. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me. So uh, how long have you been coaching hockey? Let's just start there. Um, I think it's been about uh, eight years. I think I started in 2013 uh, coaching. And what got you into coaching in the first place? Um. I actually received a text message from a friend, a, a former teammate, actually, um, just asking if I wanted to help out at a hockey school for about a week. And after that, it kind of just transitioned into becoming a skating and hockey instructor. And then from there on, um, getting some opportunities with being an assistant coach and then just got the, the ball rolling with that. So you played hockey then, of course. Yes. Yes, I did play hockey. Okay. Uh, to what level? Um, I played in minor hockey. I played with the AA Titans, um, with, which is through the St. James uh, Minor Hockey Association. And then um, after that, I went off to play in the Manitoba Women's Junior League with the Polar Ice for four years. Cool. So at any point during your playing, did coaching ever cross your mind? Never. Not not once. I And I look back and I'm kind of like, I don't know why it never did, Um uh, but yeah, no, it never did. And I'm just so happy that I, I got the opportunity and to be introduced into it and for it to become a passion of mine. So why has coaching clicked so well with you? Um, I don't know. I think it's, I, I'm really passionate about working with, uh, children. And I think, um, you know, since a young age, I've always wanted to be a teacher. My mom's a teacher. And I think I found this way of being able to be a teacher, but Rather than be in the classroom, I get to be at the hockey rink, which is obviously the best place in the world. Um, so it's just been super rewarding to be able to, you know, give back to the community that gave me so much and be able to teach these young girls um, some super awesome skills um, and, you know, teach them life skills as well along the way. How important is that balance of not just teaching them how to play hockey, but also the off the ice stuff too? It's huge. I think, um, Growing up as a hockey player, I never really realized the skills that I was learning, um, being a part of a team, being a good teammate, respecting your coaches, respecting the officials. I never really saw that translating into my life outside. But as you grow up, you start looking back and you realize how much that has affected me as an individual. And I think I'm a pretty well-rounded individual and I have I have sports to thank that um, for. So. Yeah, it's huge for, for young girls to, you know, gain the confidence as well so that when they go out into the world, they're confident and they're ready to conquer whatever they take on. 
So what level of hockey, the age groups of the people you coach, how old are they? Um, so I'm super fortunate that I get to coach U11. So they are 9- and 10-year-old girls. And, um, you know, it's at the lower level. It's A3 hockey, but it's honestly the best because I get to um, introduce these girls to hockey. A lot of them, when they're coming in at 9 years old, it's their first time being on a hockey team. So I take great pride in giving them, you know, the first couple years of hockey, um, like a really good experience for them and to hope that they continue on until until they uh, they graduate from the minor system and hopefully become a coach one day too. What is the enthusiasm level for those girls that are just starting out in the game? Um, it's huge. They're, they're so fearless. Like, they aren't afraid to, uh, to hop on the ice and uh you know try things out and that's what I love I think I think girls at a certain age sometimes once they get to middle school and high school they start you know the worriness become almost takes over them and I don't want that to ever happen so I really just try to push the confidence with them at a young age so it sticks with them and you know I want them to know that making mistakes on the ice is okay. Taking risks is okay. That's how you learn and that's how you grow. And I want that to always stick with them throughout life. So explain more to the people that may not know the work and the the kind of the guidance that Winnipeg Jets Hockey Academy does in the community. Yeah. So um, the Winnipeg Jets Hockey Academy is um, a program, a part of the True North Youth Foundation. So it is a school play-based program where um, we reach out to schools, um, the divisions that we work with, and we get um, students that, you know, might not normally have the opportunity to get to play hockey or organize sports um, on any level. And so we get to introduce them to hockey. And our goal is to use hockey as a vehicle to make sure that they stay engaged in school. So our goal, our end goal isn't, you know, to create NHL hockey players, which is not a a bad thing if that is an outcome as well. But um, our goal is, you know, to help them through their school year so that when they come to grade 12, they can graduate and, you know, we can help them, you know, get into a university or get a job and help them with their volunteer hours and and all that good stuff. And we recognize too that hockey is not the most accessible sport out there. It is not a cheap sport to play. No, definitely not. So we, we help with breaking those, those, uh, those barriers that exist by um, when the kids, you know, start at the school year, they come in for equipment fittings. We get them all suited up and they get to keep the the gear throughout the year. And then actually at the end of the year, they do return it. Uh, we spend the whole time to- the whole summer cleaning the equipment because um, next year they'll get refitted because we find that the kids obviously, um, you know, they're growing when they start in grade four. They're not going to need that equipment the next year because they'll probably outgrow it anyways. So, um, yeah, so we just make sure we provide them uh, equipment, the ice time, the school buses take them from the school to the rink. And then we also provide them at the elementary school level, we provide them a lunch after their ice time. That's great. So looking at uh, just coaching as a whole, what would you recommend or what would you tell somebody that is thinking of getting into coaching or isn't sure about whether or not they want to get into coaching? Oh, boy. Okay. Well, first off, I would say it is, it's the most rewarding thing I've ever got to be a part of. I never thought um, I would learn so much while teaching other people things. So um, that's huge. And also, 
it can be intimidating to step into it, but you know, just reach out to anyone that you know in the hockey community. It is such, um, uh, it's it is a welcoming community. People want to see more coaches, especially female coaches. I think, um, you know, it's it's grown in the in in the most recent years. But um, we, you know, I've always said the Shirley Chisholm uh, quote: "If they don't give you a seat at the table, bring a folding chair." And I think female coaches have been constantly bringing their folding chair for the past several years. And, you know, I think we finally have a seat at the table and I want there to be as many seats possible for female coaches. So if anyone out there is interested, you just, you got to take a chance. Um, You're only going to learn and get better as a coach, the more you do it and the more you're exposed to it. So um, just taking that leap of faith, getting into it. And I would I would say you probably won't regret it. It's the it's the best feeling in the world. And so we'll leave off on this. What did it mean for you to to receive this honor from Hockey Canada? Um, it was huge. Like I I've you know I've been taking it all in. I've been reflecting. I didn't realize how much I've actually impacted lives. Um, you know, as a coach, you just kind of sign up every year to do it again and again um, because you love it. And I think this this award has shown you know, across Canada, so much visibility for female coaches, and that's so important. And it also gives these coaches that are winning these awards a chance to reflect and look back at how, you know, how far they've come. And, and I've, you know, I've sat down and I pat myself on the back and, I, and I'm proud of myself because, you know, I'm proud of my, my players that I coach and my um, assistant coaches that work with me who are also amazing. Um, and, you know, we're always proud of them, but you got to be proud of yourself too. So this award, it means the world to me. Well, congratulations again on this, Janelle. Thanks for this, and uh, best of luck with everything going forward. Thank you so much. Have a great night. We welcome in the head coach of Valor FC, Rob Gale. Rob, how excited are you for Euro 2020 in 2021? <laughs> I love it, mate. That's the best best time, that World Cups and uh, our season starting. Finally, we're buzzing again. So you're an England guy. Are they gonna? How are they gonna do this year? Fancy, you know what? We got a tough second round match up. It looks like if things go to plan, uh, with the crossover of like possibly Spain or Germany or something like that. So I think if we can get through that, I fancy us going all the way to the final. But I don't think we'll have enough to beat the French. By the way, uh, Ryan Brandt said on the air yesterday he's picking England to win. So I don't know if that's a hex or not, but you can blame him if they don't win. Exactly. Damn you, Brandt. (laughs) Uh, And one last question on that. Just the fact that they're playing Croatia to start, the team that knocked him out of the World Cup last time, how how refreshing or how tasty would a victory be over Croatia this weekend? No, we played them through to qualifying too and beaten them a couple of times since. I think they peaked at the World Cup and it was that golden generation, right? Modric and them, they're a bit, they're a bit long in the tooth. So, uh, don't mind getting them, uh, getting them early and, uh, right in the wrong of that World Cup semi final when we were one nil up at half time. I was, uh, booking me ticket to Russia. <laughs> <laughs> so we know what you'll be doing Sunday morning at eight o'clock this weekend. Yeah, we managed. Uh, we're, put, we're having an inter-squad game tomorrow. That's at one o'clock. So I managed to put the recovery session back till ten o'clock on Sunday. Everyone's like, "Oh, great idea! You're letting the you're letting the players sleep in. No ulterior motive whatsoever." 
Nice. All right. So last time we had you on, we didn't have a schedule yet. We didn't have a location yet. We're playing in Winnipeg to start the season. Look at that. We've talked before in uh, previous years when, you know, you could travel, that travel was a big detriment to, to your team's success, uh, the way that you guys had to travel more than other teams did in the schedule, put you at a disadvantage. So being able to play these first eight games in your home building, even though there are no fans there, do you feel that's a competitive advantage for you? I think it could be. I mean, look, the the league is making sure that there's no real advantages. Uh, we can't have any. We're going into a hotel, so we can't sleep in our own beds. We're we're going to be in the hotel for 32 days. Have to go through all the isolation protocols, everything else. So they're they're trying to make it as fair as possible that way. Um, no extra use of our gyms, training facilities. We're not going to be training at the stadium. Everybody uses uh, the same training fields. But, yeah, I think, you know, the the familiarity for our guys, the fact that it feels like home, um, when it's our home games, we'll have all our logos going around and everything, and there's got you've got to feel comfortable. And we're hoping, upon hope, maybe some uh, some fans will be allowed in as the uh, government's 4-3-2-1 rollout uh, starts taking place. And yeah, who knows, after Canada Day, things going well and vaccinations going well. Maybe we'll uh, get some of the Valor Army in the building. So just looking at your schedule, I notice, and by the way, for those that uh, aren't familiar, it's June 27th, the opener, 1 p.m. against Forge, and then you play a pretty packed schedule. You play on the 30th, July 3rd, 7th, 11th, 15th, 18th, and 24th, but I guess that's okay when you're you're not really going anywhere. It's okay. It's easier to play games in a more compressed way? I mean, it's, it's going to be tough no matter what way you look at it because – Typically, you'd need at least 72 hours recovery. And those first two games, you know, we're playing within 72 hours, let alone 72 hours recovery. So that that's going to be tough. And obviously, we start with last year's two finalists, uh, Forge and then Halifax. But you know what? It is what it is. We'd rather be playing. No excuses. It's been a long time coming, over 300 days since the last game. We just want to want to get out there and, uh, get our new group of guys working together, and and there's nothing better than games, right? Is it by design that you're playing teams from the East, Halifax, Forge, Ottawa, and York, instead of any teams from the West, playing all those teams twice? Yeah, I think what the, the plan is, and obviously it, it's depending on commercial travel and, again, medical officers and no fourth wave, fingers crossed, and all those things, but... Um, they they might look at a division on our return to um, home markets where maybe we only play in the West uh, to minimize, minimize travel. And then hopefully by sort of September, October time, uh, we can be uh, back to a, a kind of normal way of life, whatever that used to look like. And, and, and then we can finish the schedule with a balanced schedule. I think that's, that's the the plan right now, uh, as much as you can plan in in these times. All right. So in the last couple of days, the team has announced some acquisitions, and so let's let's learn more about the people you brought in yesterday, acquiring defender Rodrigo Reyes on loan from Guadalajara. Tell us more about Rodrigo. Yeah, uh, under twenty Mexican international. He's the captain of their under twenty three side. He's he, he's played over. 5,000 minutes at that level in Mexico, which, uh, you know, it's the benchmark in CONCACAF, right, in our region. So 
there are you know the club itself Chivas Guadalajara is a is a production line of talent you know really is a football factory down there and this is part of a wider reaching relationship that we're building with the club um, for player exchanges in both directions hopefully um, opportunities for you know potentials of pre-seasons in either direction and collaboration between staff and all personnel at the club so that's that's important for us and our long-term future as a club. We're not just building the team, which we always say. Uh, and then Rodrigo is the first piece of that. You know, he's good, young, solid defender, uh, very sturdy, great technician on the ball. Uh, he plays the game the way we like it to be played and building out the back and very confident and composed young man. So we're excited to bring him in alongside... Uh, Amir and Andrew and uh, have some experienced defenders alongside him and help develop his game. I'm sure he'll play an integral part for us. And you've also announced today another young player coming in, a Canadian defender. Yeah, Tony McIlwain, one of our youth sports draft picks. And uh, he's actually uh, of Canadian-Lebanese descent with his parents. And he's been called up a couple of times by the Lebanese under-23 national team. Uh, he actually just turned down a, a, an invitation there for some Asian Cup qualifiers because he wanted to stay in Winnipeg and fight for his place with us. So good character, great lab. We need under-21 players. That's, that's part of the mandate of the league and uh, filled in under-21 for a certain amount of minutes. So Tony's a, a good young defender with a, with some good tools and we'll uh, we'll look to develop him along and He'll have our trust when he when he gets in the games and uh, makes that step up from college soccer now into the professional game. So is your roster set then for the season? No, we're we're working hard. Um, we've got one more piece that uh, I'm not sure when we're announce it. We're just waiting on some ITC clearance uh, paperwork um, uh, with a guy who's in Canada and now Canadian. So he'll be a, a great player and he's had international uh, experience. So. We're, uh, we'll make that announcement probably in the next few weeks once all the paperwork is cleared. He might not uh, be cleared in time for the bubble start, but um, certainly by August the 1st, we expect him to be in the lineup. And then we're hoping to make one other addition uh, at a similar time frame. So we've still got at least uh, two spots. And then we've also got some local boys on uh, training with us every day. And if there's opportunities for development contracts for those guys to to round out the squads or emergency needs, then uh, we're keeping four or five locals in the fray at the moment as well, which is which is awesome. So before I let you go, Rob, just what's the feeling in the locker room now that you're 16 days away from kickoff? Yeah, I mean, everyone's excited. Um, we've got the typical sort of preseason a little bit banged up. After 10 months off, you can imagine just little muscle injuries and uh, fatigue of preseason where they've gone from you know, the the one or two Zooms a week and suddenly they're on the field five times a week and we're putting them through their paces trying to get their fitness levels up. But the, no, the the guys are excited. We we really feel that the depth of our squad is, is better than it ever has been. Um, we feel like we've got almost, like once we get the last signings, we'll have two in every position and, and really they could all start, which is awesome. So camaraderie is good. Um, like, the Euro starting, the banter's flying, as you can imagine, like all Canadians, we got some kind of a uh, cultural mix in there that uh, proves entertaining with each daily draw. So 
it's soccer season and we're excited and the boys are excited to play. Any kind of wagering or pool on who wins? There is a pool. There is a pool. 25 bucks in there. They're rich lads, these lads. They're 25 Dang. bucks. They got, uh, and the gaffer has to step up every time. So uh, I, I got my, I got me 25 bucks in and that'll, that'll prove entertaining. I did a hockey one as well with the... Uh, the playoffs, but I was shocking. I think I'm 21st out of 23rd with the lads, so I'm hoping to fare a little bit better in a sport I know. Uh, I would hope so. All right, Rob, well, appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this, and uh, if we don't talk to you before the start of the season, good luck with everything. Stop, man, Christian. Appreciate your interest as always. Thanks, pal. That is Rob Gale. He is the head coach and general manager of Valor FC. Again, they kick off their season against Forge in an empty IG field Sunday, June 27th, 1 p.m., all games for the Canadian Premier League streaming live on One Soccer, and you can find that streaming service wherever you get your internet. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage anyway. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you all.